This is Gotham TV Podcast, Episode 70, about Gotham Season 2, Wrath of the Villains, Episode 18, Pinewood. Hey, this is Drew Powell. I play Butch Gilzine on Gotham, and you are listening to Gotham TV Podcast. Welcome back, detectives. Welcome back, Gothamites, to Gotham TV Podcast, episode 70, where we're talking about Gotham season 2, episode 18, Pinewood. I'm one of your hosts, Derek. I'm one of your other hosts, John. But we're not talking about Pinewood Studios. We're talking about The Farm. Yes, yes, we are. A pretty cool episode this evening. Really good episode, I must say. Absolutely enjoyed this uh, episode again. Another great, just intrigue, loads of stuff happening. All the main players uh, involved really is starting to open out uh, that hard disc on, on the Commodore 64. Like, really, really good. <laughs> yes, we finally have a fixed Thomas Wayne's computer. Uh, things have been found out from it, although everything seems to be locked down except for his calendar at the moment. Um, but hopefully we'll get even more revelations when they find the password for everything else. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, although maybe his calendar really isn't going to be that interesting. You know, 8.30 meeting, uh, 9.40 mm-hmm. back home for... Um, tea but it was pretty interesting in this episode so that was uh that was pretty cool i'm sure we'll get into all the points uh, about the episode as we as we chat through them do you think this computer is the gift that we'll keep on giving i am certain of it i think this i is think now it will the, um what do they call it a macguffin uh this is now going to be let's go to the computer and find out it'll be the basis of the back computer i think for uh for the future of i hope it will wayne of bruce wayne yeah uh, really good, but uh, yeah, excellent episode. Uh, thanks very much for joining us, listeners. Again, really good to have you here with us uh, for the 18th episode of Season 2. That's really cool. Absolutely, and of course, you can access our podcast on all your computers as well, <laughs> or your mobile computers. Just go to gothamtvpodcast.com forward slash iTunes, or you can go to any other mad scientist podcast catcher just search gotham tv podcast Uh, some that we would recommend are podcast addict beyond pod or player fm Mm -hmm, absolutely Uh, and if you're over on itunes you're listening to us over there uh, please make sure you leave us a review we haven't got a review in quite a while actually which is uh, a bit disappointing hopefully we'll get a couple more reviews towards the end of the season Uh, thanks very much for joining us as always we do love to hear your thoughts about the episodes so make sure you email your thoughts on the last last four last five episodes it's four left isn't it yeah yeah i think so Uh, so we're rocking on down to the end of this season um season two that's right that's right can't believe it's gone so quick although in furnace it started quite early back in september for us that's uh, right. over in uh new york mm-hmm. that's right yeah we've been uh we've been covering the season what seems like ages but uh but loving loving the season overall it's been really good yeah really good uh, and also we do like to hear from our listeners as well not only uh over on feed over on our feedback email address you can also go to our website and leave us a voicemail now we've just set that up on our website so uh Pop on over there if you fancy leaving your voice to be added to the thoughts of uh, the final couple episodes of Gotham Season 2. Yeah, and we can play them on the podcast. So ask a question um, and we'll hopefully try our best to answer it. Absolutely, absolutely. And of course, remember that we tweet out um, every Monday at 10pm on uh, Gotham as the episode airs in the UK and Ireland on Channel 5. So just go over to our Twitter handle at Gotham TV Podcast. Join us uh, and follow us there. And of course, we can all tweet merrily along. Um, it's a really good crack at this moment. Fantastic. Yeah. Great fun. Yeah, great fun. Uh, and finally, just a little bit of news this week. Not a huge amount because we don't tend to cover the news on uh, on Gotham anymore because we get spoiled about future episodes if we do. Uh, but there is a little bit of news. It has been confirmed that Gotham Mondays will continue next season over on uh, Fox. Uh, Gotham's been confirmed to stay in the same slot uh, before Lucifer on a Monday night uh, in the US. Uh, really hoping that uh, Channel 5 will pick up the rights to season three and we may get it even closer to the American airings next year. Let's hope that it is airing really close to the American schedule. But again, it may not because... 
depending on the breaks envisioned for the US broadcast, will then obviously um, Channel 5 has to make sure that it doesn't uh, go beyond uh, those airings in the US. Absolutely, so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Good point that you make. Uh, there is definitely another um, half-season uh, structure for next season as well for Gotham that has been announced. They will be doing uh, the first 11 episodes with a break for, I think it's Prison Break. Uh, the return of that show uh, or maybe 24 actually it might be 24 the return of of 24 is coming on in january next year much like x-files did this year in, in uh, on fox in the u.s so um so there will be a break for at least eight weeks between the first half of the season and the second half of the season but uh but yeah we don't know anything about whether it will even be on the channel five schedule next year um but we're hoping to uh to at least be able to cover season three of gotham a bit closer to the way it airs in the u.s anyway with all that Thanks so much for joining us again, listeners. I think it's time to crack into the episode, John. Absolutely. So this episode was directed by John Stevens, one of the executive uh, showrunners of the show, uh, the one you met over at uh, New York Comic Con last year, John. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. He was there with Captain Nathaniel Barnes, right. uh, introducing um, Michael Chiklis. Uh, and yeah, giving his thoughts on, on this um, second season. So yeah, really good. He does tend to have some interesting stuff to add to the series of Gotham. John Stevens, he does tend to tend to look at the more obscure and interesting characters from the DC universe and try and incorporate them into Gotham. So uh, probably why we have a character like Karen Jennings in this episode. Yeah, but that's a really good one. I think in, in this instance, it's really excellent. Um, it will be one of my points, so I'm not going to spoil it okay. just yet. This episode was written by Robert Hull, who's written Mommy's Little Monster and uh, Mad Grey Dawn this season. Two really good episodes uh, this season. Yeah. Uh, it was also written in conjunction with uh, Megan Moiston Brown. Um, she's the senior scriptwriter for this series, so she tends to be involved a lot in the episodes, but she gets a writing credit where she's been heavily involved. So, John, do you want to tell us what they gave us in Pinewood, episode 18 of season two? Certainly. As Bruce Wayne, Lucius Fox, and Alfred Pennyworth renew their investigation into the murder of Thomas and Martha Wayne, they come across a reference to Pinewood Farm on Wayne's now-fixed computer. Their inquiries lead them to a remote cabin where they find a genetically altered former inmate of Blackgate Prison called Karen Jennings, who was experimented on at Wayne Enterprises by a scientist known only as the Philosopher. At the same time, Jim Gordon, with a little assistance from Barbara Keane, who is attempting to make amends with Jim, discovers that the person who contracted Matches Malone was also the philosopher. Jennings offers to identify the mystery man, just as Hugo Strange sends a newly suited Victor Freeze to kill her in order to cover up his illegal experiments. Meanwhile, Lucius Fox makes a shocking revelation that the philosopher is one of Thomas Wayne's former friends from Project Chimera. Jim instantly identifies him as Hugo Strange. However, unnatural tests are coming to fruition under Indian Hill, as Hugo Strange's resurrection project finally begins to work, and an unexpected someone rises from the dead, affirming the name Azrael. 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 Awesome. What an end to this episode. I know we're, we're, we're not going to start at the end, but that was cool. Wasn't but it? why not? We can do whatever we want, really, can't Absolutely. we? Absolutely. <laughs> I think I'm, in fact, going to nip in here and take that as one of my points. All right. Well, the way we cover our episodes, in case this is your first time listening to us, is we take our five points about the episode, maybe some notes at the end, and discuss, hopefully, through those five points each, uh, all the points we want to talk about about the episode. So, John, do you want to kick off with your first Azrael-related points? The Angel of Death is reborn. Um, Azrael, uh, the former mayor of Gotham, Theo Galavan, is reborn, resurrected by uh, Hugo Strange's and Miss Peabody's experiments. Mm-hmm. Um, and this time it's worked. I mean, we do hear that this has been tried and tried and tried again, but this time it actually works. And we have him coming back to life, mustering Azrael over and over and over again. And of course, this is going to be fantastic. Jim is technically not a murderer anymore. That's right. And not only that, but Azrael, the Archangel of Death. So, you know, this is fairly foreboding that he's coming here to really um, 
put his foot down and probably cause a bit of bloodshed. Absolutely. He was certainly the angel of death for all of those Arkham guards that were standing around the room. God, he must have slaughtered eight of them in the room, didn't he? Definitely. And he could have almost been stopped in his tracks before he was sent on his way, or I presume he's going to be sent on his way uh, to cause and wreak some havoc uh, with a little panic button of gas. Miss Peabody says, shall we gas him? Mm-hmm. Um, but is held off by Hugo Strange, who really does like to send the crazy chickens out into uh, into Gotham it to wreak does. or possibly wreak uh, some havoc. So really, really good. One of the things I'm really interested to see is whether um, he has any recollection, any memory, and in particular for Tabitha. You know, will him and Tabitha uh, meet? Will that happen? Because mm-hmm. we've seen Tabitha a few times here um, being uh, Butch's sort of second-in-command, lounging around, uh, enjoying the fruits of other people's labours. Uh, but here, you know, will he, they meet again? Mm-hmm. You know, what will be the state of Azrael? Will he recall absolutely everything? Or, or anything. Or anything, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, Loved yeah. it. Very interesting. And one of the things I really liked about this, because it was one of my points as well, obviously, big point for the episode. But one of the things I really liked about this is that he's not Umbrella Man. Uh, he is Azrael. Um, they did get to remove that umbrella from uh, that, that uh, penguin left inside his body. We don't know exactly how this process works. Maybe it's a clone and a resurrection of the of the dead tissue that was Theo Galavan. But at least he's not carrying that umbrella that uh, penguin nicely left with him. Exactly. Maybe the first time he breaks wind, something strange could happen (laughs) and he could have an umbrella open up uh, resplendently uh, from some orifice. You never know. You never know. Uh, We have mentioned Azrael on the podcast a number of times, but uh, I know a lot of our listeners may not be comic book fans. So uh, Azrael is... Um, in the comic books, he is uh, quite a big character, um, does work occasionally with, occasionally against um, Batman, uh, has taken up the mantle of Batman at least once uh, in the comic books. So a very big character in Gotham in the comic books anyway. Um, he is from the Order of St. Dumas. He does have a, co- a connection to them and he is a fighter that fights for the fights for the defense or fights as their kind of guardian Um killer i suppose you'd call exactly and it's interesting that in this case the order of dumas is connected with the revenge and vengeance against the waynes and against their place in gotham Mm -hmm. i'm not entirely sure and i'd need to just double check whether that's always the case for Azrael as a character whether it's just um that uh, antagonism between the Dumas and the Waynes. Um, I'm sure there is that as well, but how often that occurs within the comics, mm. I'm not too sure. Uh, it'd be interesting to find out if anyone knows uh, some more information on that. Send in the feedback, obviously, to feedback at gothamtvpodcast.com. Absolutely. But, you know, I love the fact that at least in this case, it is set up like that, that the Archangel of Death is being unleashed on Gotham. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, really cool, really cool choice. Uh, and great to have James Frain back again. Definitely. This really does open up an interesting thing for Gotham, though. You've now got resurrection um, in Gotham. That kind of means that anybody can come back now. If they've died in any way, as as I mentioned, James Frain's character of, of Theo Galavan was shot uh, by Jim and ended off with an umbrella right down his throat so pretty gruesome way to go pretty much not coming back from it in any way this isn't like he had a heart attack and they brought him back to life again and if you've brought this in to gotham this is a possibility that there will be other characters that have passed on uh, and may come back well we do know of at least one other character now we don't know whether she died or not or whether she's was rescued and Mm -hmm. held in stasis but for the moment she was seemingly in the same kind of suspension tube as James Frain was. So if we assume she was dead, then there will be at least two people from this season that are resurrected. So that will be really interesting, mm-hmm. I think. I mean, look, let's face it. We do have that as well in the Marvel TV shows. Absolutely. So, um, you know, I think... Furjus, you know, it's one of those kind of plot points or one of those processes about bringing people back. You know, does it work or not? I think at least with Indian Hill, you know, this kind of mad scientist that we have in Hugo Strange 
it's almost Dr. Frankenstein-esque, mm-hmm. you know. So I think it does work, you know. Frankenstein as as a uh, as a um, a way of bringing people back that you know maybe shouldn't have been gotten rid of. Um, maybe we'll see Jerome. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Maybe um, someone else, uh, Balloon Man, possibly. Um, hopefully, the resurrection won't work on Balloon Man. <laughs> but you know, really, really. Uh, interesting to see how this develops i think absolutely and, and one of the cool things about it for me is that this is now turning into a dc comics show you know we've we've talked about it many times that this started out as a cop show set in the dc universe and was trying to be very realistic about the characters this is definitely not christopher nolan dc heightened universe now we have uh, some very strange things going on resurrected characters so um i'm expecting there'll be a lot more strangeness uh the more professor strange gets involved in things uh, as we go into season three i think we're going to have a lot more uh comic book elements being brought into gotham now which is a good choice i think at this stage definitely i mean it's it's it will be good i think it also allows for them to look at characters that are absolutely from the batman universe and to kill them off mm-hmm. and for them Maybe. To have this possibility now of coming back, mm-hmm. such as Asriel, or, you know, that it becomes a generational thing. You know, this is the first Asriel, and he's visited upon Gotham again and again and again. Um, even when, obviously, Batman uh, is then uh, in town doing his Batman stuff. Mm-hmm. So, Derek, what's your first point? My first point is Karen Jennings, uh, a new character for the show that we get uh, that we get revealed here. Um, really interesting design for this character, uh, a, a, a former inmate of Blackgate Prison, um, hiding out in a in a small cottage off uh, off outside the the city of Gotham. Um, really like this this design of her hand, uh, which is effectively looks to me like the talons of a bird, possibly. That's that's kind of interesting that she's uh, that she's gone undergone some form of transformation again at the hands of who we find out obviously is Professor Strange. Uh, he's been working on this for many many years, and I like this connection with particularly with Bruce and Alfred going in the investigation and finding Karen. Uh, but I like the character herself. I like the fact that she um, comes from a background of uh, being poorly treated because of her looks when she was a child. Um, we've seen some of characters like this in Gotham in the past. Uh, she. F- mistakenly uh, killed her father as he fell down the stairs and she got put in prison for that uh, and is released into the clutches of um of professor strange you know which i think is an interesting kind of setup for the character i love the fact that she had a relationship in the past with thomas wayne so she's able to actually tell something to bruce that he wasn't aware of she's able to tell him that thomas was a person that took care of her and without thomas she wouldn't have survived as long as she did Uh, i think that's really interesting you know that he kind of took her in as um as a ward almost as someone that he was going to take care of and make sure she was okay for her life uh, which i think is a really good choice for the character a really sad ending for the character with Victor Freeze turning up to, uh, to freeze her and kill her, uh, unfortunately. But, but yeah, I really like that having a character like this that could actually relate to Bruce and give Bruce some real information that he hasn't gotten from anybody else about his father. I think so. I, I really like this character. Um, in some ways, it was a shame that she was killed off, but at the same time, I loved how she was. And I've kind of got two points uh, for this episode of our podcast. I have on her um and i really want to kind of just bring them in now mm-hmm. on this point because um i think it, it makes sense you say bird claws mm-hmm. i kind of go reptile i thought they looked more reptilian interesting obviously as well reptiles and birds related so maybe it could be both but i think here do we have the potential for a killer croc origin and um, this is something that We've wondered about, I think since it was episode two of the first season, when we had the kidnapping to um, Quinn Pharmaceuticals. That's right. The, yeah. Of the children. And there was this big uh, sort of hole that seemed to go down to the sewers and that there was a greenness coming from uh, below. Mm-hmm. And we just kind of, you know, we were speculating about whether maybe Killer Crocs down there. But I think here now we have the potential origin or at least a pathway for Killer Croc to actually be introduced or some kind of maybe proto-Killer Croc. Um, like, in a sense, I th- viewed Karen Jennings with just the hand as this kind of uh, genetically altered or mutated 
um, sort of appendage. Yeah. So I thought this was really, really cool. Um, and then, as you say, Victor Freeze is kind of brought out by, um, uh, Hugo Strange in order to kill her so that he kind of covers up, silences her with regards to his previous experiments. Um, I don't think he knows that she knows he's the philosopher and I don't think he's aware of maybe how close, um, Alfred, Bruce, Jim and Lucius are to actually discovering him. Mm-hmm. I think his whole intent here is to silence her and um, that, you know, she's obviously has been found. She's with these influential people, you know, important people uh, connected to the GCPD. Right. Uh, and obviously he kills her by getting Victor Freeze. We see him suited up. He's out in the open. Um, it seems like he's really gotten cabin fever, being cooped up in a refrigerator, as he said. And again, great to have and great to see uh, Victor Freeze, Mr. Freeze, come back here. Um, and I, I actually thought the way that um, he uh, killed her with the gun and then smashing her up, lobbing the freeze grenade at the others to to make his escape or even to try and kill them mm-hmm. really really good and i'm not going to say it now but it would actually lead on to another point but i don't want to overload on all my points <laughs> or maybe i can i don't know what you reckon i can do um you oh, know. go on yeah yeah it's a, it's a free show you can, exactly. you can talk if you've got all your points um, it's just i have to say i thought that david mazous in this episode was fantastic as the young Bruce Wayne. To me, this is where I feel, again, he's just maturing and becoming really, really cool. Absolutely. Um, I think where he's um, picking the lock to get into the cabin where Karen Jennings is, um, you know, and he says this is morally uh, neutral. You know, it's a technical skill. Yes, this is just a skill. I've yeah. Morally neutral. I yeah. really, really like that. You know, some of the stuff presumably that Selena's taught him being put to use here. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, what he's learned whilst he was out on the streets. But I think as well, just his reaction when she dies. You know, this connection to his dad, to finding out about the philosopher, to finding out... um more about the killer of his father and his mom. Mm-hmm. Really, really good. I love just the anguish, the agony as he's screaming on all fours, um, as Freeze throws that ice bomb and, and him, Alfred and Jim duck out of the way, um, to, to escape getting caught in its icy blast. And I, that to me was a real raw and emotional moment for, for David Mazzucci. And I just thought it was excellent. I absolutely thought, Really, really, really cool. Yeah, it really echoed back to to episode one, the scream as his parents died. Um, another connection to his past has been has been sorely taken away from him, really, uh, in this scene, and really well acted. Loved, loved that moment. Yeah, of it. and I, I loved. I mean, just all through this episode, his interplay again with Alfred, mm-hmm. really great. Um, those two are just fantastic on screen, and I, and I think as well, I think just. The sense of fair play or justice that um, Bruce Wayne has just pulled out there when he realizes that actually the person that pulled the contract on um, his father to to hire Matches Malone mm-hmm. was actually a friend, someone that he worked with and seemed to be close with, and um, was just um, fantastic. Yeah, I must say, hats off. Uh, Really great all the way through this episode. Loved it. There was a lot for David Mazous to do here. Um, and he really sells this maturing of a kid into um, an adult, into um, a serious Bruce Wayne. Really liked it. Absolutely, absolutely. Really liked that. And, and particularly that scene at the end, uh, as you say, of uh, of his realisation of the injustice of all of this. Not only um, has he lost someone and not only is some, has someone betrayed Thomas, but it was a friend as well. Uh, really, really good scene. So, Derek, I think it's about time that you get the opportunity to bring some of your points out. I'm so <laughs> sorry for hogging uh, everything uh, so far, but off you go. That's What's your right. second point? <laughs> That's all right. Um, we've had a couple of points there that have crossed over, so it's actually probably my third or fourth point at this stage. Um, Barbara Keane, obviously, uh, a big, a big um, 
episode for Barbara. Uh, really, really enjoyed the interplay with with Jim. I love that. Obviously, the opening scene of it is uh, is directly after last week's episode. She's standing at the door. Uh, Jim is inside, and she's just completely lost doesn't know what to do has come back uh directly out of arkham and is coming to jim um trying to look for some form of um some form of friend or some form of comfort from jim and he's unwilling to accept anything from her uh really like that where she asks him you know to say her name just one last time and he closes the door in her face saying goodbye barbara uh so he she does get what she wants but um, but not with the goodbye and the door in the flight in the face um but i really love how she turns that and turns it into trying to help out jim in her own crazy uh stabby babs way i suppose uh tries to help him get into the girls only club which is where the lady played by uh, michelle yeah, Gomez, fantastic is to see her back great well. to see her back yeah. yeah really really good um but the fact that she even plays the trick on the audience as uh, you know as, as we're going through it i absolutely believe that she turned on jim um there's only a little point when she's when she's pushing the questions on the lady asking uh, for the information that jim's looking for it's about the third time when she pushed one of those questions to get a little bit more information than the lady was willing to give up. Um, that's the only time I realized that actually, oh, maybe Barbara thinks she's doing the right thing for Jim. Maybe she is working on his side. Uh, I'm still not too sure whether she's good or not. I still feel she's doing um, bad things uh, and justifying it to herself. Uh, and there's that wonderful reaction from Jim after she's got all the information that he, that she needed. And she says that to him, she goes, well, that's what you asked me to get. I told you I was going to get it and I got it. I delivered it. And the reaction from Jim is, yes, but again, I was tied to a chair by you and my life was threatened for the second time. Uh, you kind of go into her, you don't really realize that the last time you did this to me, you were intending on killing me and you didn't tell me this was your plan, you know? Uh, really, really enjoyed the interplay between this kid, these two particularly uh, and great to see Michelle Gomez in there as well. Um, I'm really loving Aaron Richards in, in this part. What they've, what they've given her to do in this season has just been fantastic. Fun. Yeah, really, really good. And And actually, I can now see a way out of the betrayal that she did uh, against Jim. I can see that there is a potential for a way out here, reconciliation between the two. It will be a long, hard road, and it may form part of the backbone for season three, actually. Maybe. Um, who knows? Um, it depends what we get in the next four episodes, but um, I really like this, and mm-hmm. I can see a glimmer of hope. Um, it will even, you know, there is still Leslie and Tompkins in the wind, so there's so much here that has potential to Absolutely. really provide a juicy storyline, I think. Yeah. And um, which I, I must say I'm really looking forward to. And just to have, um, Missy, uh, Michelle Gomez back, uh, on Gotham. Mm-hmm. Really, really good. I do hope we see her and she manages to get some kind of reoccurring role because I really like her. Absolutely. Or maybe a spin-off show, the, uh, the assassins of Gotham be quite cool. Yeah, that'd be very cool. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I just want to make sure before I end this point, I want to make sure I say I do not trust Barbara Keen. As far as I could throw her, I don't want Jim Gordon to get back with Barbara Keen. Uh, I'm liking their relationship. I'm liking her being crazy. And the fact that she ends up in the arms of, um, of Tabitha Galavan in the house of Butch Gilzean, uh, at the end of the episode makes me feel she probably is going just kind of back to the people that she, uh, that she knew best and back for comfort to the people that, uh, used to help her out. I don't think going back to Tabitha is going to lead her back down the good path um, within Gotham. I kind of have a feeling we're going to see her back with her whip or back to her violent ways uh, very soon after uh, after spending a little bit of time and a little bit of comfort in the arms of Tabitha Galavan. Definitely. So, Derek, what's your next point? <laughs> <laughs> John, do you want to give us your next point? Yeah, it's the nefarious Hugo Strange, the professor, or should I say the philosopher? Um it's a real big revelation that he is involved here. Uh, but I, I like it even more that, you know, Thomas Wayne's computer is now beginning to give us the gifts. And, you mm-hmm. know, we have that he's been involved with Project Chimera. Um, I love the fact that, you know, it gives up Pinewood Farm where, you know, and there's other uh, facilities like Pinewood Farm where all these different experiments have been taking place. Um, and that, you know, he is actually really a huge and um, crazy scientist here and um, doing his thing, but has 
maybe betrayed Thomas Wayne. You know, you get the impression that um, they were friends, that he's maybe betrayed Thomas Wayne, that, um, you know, in order to put out this contract. And I mean, will the murderer, will this be the end? I probably think it won't be. I wonder if someone has asked Hugo Strange to take out the contract. So, you know, is there going to be further revelation that it's the board of Wayne Enterprises mm. or someone else that has um, control over Hugo Strange that um, we don't know? Yeah. Um, but it's certainly one of those things that I'm really enjoying. B.D. Wong playing Hugo Strange. He just brings so much. And I love his interaction with uh, Miss Peabody. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the fact here that, you know, he's obviously a cricketer, um, along with Thomas Wayne. Very interesting. It's a really interesting touch. Yeah, cricket wouldn't be a well-known sport in uh, in the US at all. Really. No, so he's like the wicketkeeper, or he's on silly mid-off or silly mid-on, <laughs> or he's a slip um, as a fielder, you know. So really, really interesting. It's, it's always just comics, tees, and cricket with you, isn't it? No, I, I'm not really a cricket <laughs> fan myself, although I do like to watch it occasionally live because it takes so long that if it's a nice sunny day you can sit out have a drink a picnic anything like that Mm -hmm. could be quite nice but the cricket really um isn't necessarily the first thing on my mind um indeed i think at old trafford cricket ground in manchester i think there were about 10 or 11 strippers that ran onto the pitch over the course of the day. Streakers. Um, sorry, streakers. Yeah, exactly. Sorry, streakers. There's um, your halftime the, entertainment. Yeah, that ran onto the pitch because it was taking so long. And of course, it really got um, the crowd very excited. Um, as you know, you see the police officers trying to uh, take down and rugby tackle um, the streaker that's gotten onto the pitch. Um, but very funny. I think actually. Uh, Old Trafford almost lost its test match uh, status for for the, the amount, of, amount of streakers <laughs> that came on. Uh, only, I can say, in the north of England, but it was fantastic. Excellent. I think it was the West Indies that were playing, and there was an awful uh, lot of drinking going on. I would say so. Well. I wonder if they lost their liquor license along with their, their <laughs> yeah. test match license. Uh, but yeah, really, really interesting choice to have uh, the character of... Professor Strange being a friend of Thomas Wayne's and also uh, they're playing cricket together in the in the cricket team. They, they looked like they were um, it was very official outfits that they were wearing. Yeah, very well. interesting kind of sport to, to pick on, hmm. really. Yeah. But uh, nonetheless, I presume that's maybe down to um, possibly the showrunner being uh, British. So who yes, knows? And, and almost everybody else on the show seems to have some connection to the UK as well. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I absolutely love Hugo Strange in, in the show. I think we've mentioned it quite a few times now really liking the character here definitely really enjoyable uh, what i do like and we've mentioned it again so many times throughout the season is that we are finally getting some reveals from that computer that kind of been held at such arm's length from bruce all the way through the show there was always something wrong with it oh it's broken oh we need someone specific to fix it oh he doesn't have the right tools oh now he can't get the passwords for it oh it's it, alfred's poured some water over it you know and there always seemed to be some kind of reason why it wasn't working and wasn't giving up anything in this episode as i mentioned right at the start um in this episode what we hear is bruce can't access anything on the computer every, every single file on the computer is password protected in some sort uh which lucius says will take a couple of weeks to break um but Bruce does get into the calendar using the password Bruce again. Uh, smart kid. He remembered the password for the door that he blew open, um, which I thought was quite quite a good touch. Um, but yeah, he gets into the calendar and this is how he finds that there was a meeting in the week that his father died with Karen Jennings. So nice little touch there that Bruce is able to actually get some information out of it. What I'm hoping is that this is the reveal of the Wayne, Wayne murders. It does close down that side of the story and now Bruce can get into investigating Wayne Enterprises and starting to clean that up with all the other information that's on uh, Thomas Wayne's computer. That's what I'm hoping that there isn't a yeah, huge, definitely, there isn't a huge file marked. Here's who killed me, and he can't get into it for at the, until the end of season five. Um, I'm kind of hoping that's not the way they're going to go with it. Uh, I'm hoping that it's just going to close it down now and, and shut down that that side of the storyline. Because as I said, as we've said many times, uh, this isn't the big, um, this isn't the big reveal in the comic books as to who killed the Waynes. The uh, conspiracy can go further than Hugo Strange. It can go into Wayne Enterprises. You are correct about that. Absolutely. But you can still close it down and go, okay, 
Strange ordered it, and now Bruce needs to go on another mission to clear out uh, Wayne Enterprises a bit. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm hoping it's closed down as well, but I think if it's not, if it moves into Wayne Enterprises and it's coupled with Bruce Wayne cracking down and, like, tidying and cleaning up that organisation, mm-hmm. then that would be really, really good, yeah. I think, um, yeah. definitely. Derek, what's your next point? Uh, just a great moment in the episode for me. Really, really enjoyed uh, Jim Gordon going out cracking skulls on the streets of Gotham. Uh, it was such a great scene when he's really going out on his own. Um, he's We find out that he's actually staying in Harvey's apartment. I think we mistakenly thought it was his own apartment that we'd never seen before. Uh, he's staying in Harvey's apartment. Harvey sends him out by telling him to go into the whammy drawer and pick out whatever tools he wants to take with him uh, to take <laughs> out the criminals of Gotham, who generally get quite a good beating from, uh, from Jim. But this time we hear to the strange of the Sex Pistols, or more accurately, to Sid Vicious singing "My Way," uh, his cover version of uh, of the very famous uh, "My Way" by uh, Frank Sinatra. Uh, ah, which, absolutely, which I love. I love punk music from the seventies. I know Danny Cannon from uh, who's one of the showrunners for the show. I know he's a huge fan of that type of music. We've heard it all the way throughout the series uh, and some of the music choices. Um, but this was such a great choice to have Jim Gordon going out beating up people on the streets. One of the really interesting facts about it is that Jim Gordon has been played in the past by Gary Oldman, who played Sid Vicious in the movie Sid and Nancy, one of the most famous uh, biopics, I suppose, uh, from when I was younger. Uh, so it's really interesting choice there that they've chosen. Yeah, it's Jim really Gordon cool. With Sid Vicious singing over him. And he's also been played by the same uh, same actor. Uh, really cool, really cool choice. Yeah, yeah, really, really liked um, that that choice of music. Really fitted well. Um, yeah, love uh, that cover version as well. So just really good. I also love the fact that with Harvey, you know, his, his the look on his face when he sees Barbara walking down the the corridor in the uh, apartment block. Really, really fantastic. Um, Absolutely. If we could, if we could give a video bullockism of the week, that would definitely be it. Most definitely. <laughs> and of course, he does have interaction with Alfred, who has been uh, arrested and locked up um, again. Mm-hmm. And of course, Alfred is injured again uh, by Karen Jennings. He thinks it's some kind of hunting or book knife, mm-hmm. uh, when in fact it's her her lizardy paw uh, that is clawing at him so again we have alfred uh, susceptible to an injury and susceptible to finding himself behind steel bars mm-hmm. um, and i love uh, when harvey and alfred sort of come together i love it's when they team up i, I just think they they work so well together really good i think alfred is as um, as as Harvey comes to open up the the prison uh, door, he goes about bloody time, mate. And of course, Bullock re- responds with, "Not my call, pal. How about you stop getting arrested so much? Like really, really good." So um, I think there's a visual and uh, a verbal Bullockism of, of the week. Yeah, really good. So Derek, uh, do you have any notes for this episode? Just one final note. You mentioned Pinewood Studios earlier on in the episode. I did. Uh, Pinewood Studios is where Batman, the Tim Burton movie, was filmed um, mm. back in 1989. So I wonder if Pinewood Farns is a reference to that. I think it may be. Yeah, I think that's a Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, I just have one note, which is I love that blacksmith uh, prison guards are obviously uh, easily corruptible. <laughs> a nice bag of money on the side of the road and um, the prison guard the, and the driver get out, pick it up, and are subsequently hijacked uh, by uh, Jim and Bruce and Alfred I'm- as they go to rescue Karen Jennings. And uh-huh. um, obviously and- Jim's uh, experience of the GCPD is that they are cut of better material uh, and are less willing to take bribes than the Blackgate prison staff. They weren't when he joined. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I definitely love that. I love that she's actually taking it away before getting any kind of offer from anybody as to whether she should walk away with the bag. She looks in quickly, looks around, picks up the bag and is about to just stick it into the car and drive off with it before she's even told that that's what she needs to do. Uh, there's definitely a moment with um, with Bruce when he climbs into the back of the truck with Karen Jennings that I was just expecting that Star Wars moment with Princess Leia where she kind of goes, 
are, are you a bit short for a stormtrooper? I was expecting Karen Jennings <laughs> yeah. to say, aren't you a bit short for a hijacker? Uh, that was really a really good moment. And another point about that scene. Once again, we see the uh, we see the Joker painting on the wall, the big uh, big smiling face with ha 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 coming out of it. That's true. That's happened a few times now um, in uh, the last sort of five or six episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly since Jerome um, was brutally murdered. Absolutely. Uh, at the hands of Theo Galifant. And generally in scenes where you have big crimes going on or murders or uh, something's happening of that nature, something dark. Yeah, when something's happening under the arches, um, yeah, there seems to be a ha-ha-ha. Um, I don't think we've seen a question mark just yet. No, 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 just no. just in the hands of, of, uh, of the Riddler, uh, which I'm sure we'll see again pretty soon. So I think that's everything on our five points and our notes for the episode. John, anything to add here? What did you think of the episode? Yeah, great. Loved this episode. Um, certainly one of the best. I loved that it drove the storyline forward. Um, if I was going to rate this, I would definitely give this a 4.7, uh, clory, chickeny, crocodile hands out of five. <laughs> um, like I thought Karen Jennings as a, as a, a, a single episode character, really good, added depth to Thomas. Uh, Wayne's story and that connection with Bruce. I thought David Mazous was absolutely a standout. Not only like the continually great um, rapport that he has with Sean Pertwee as Alfred Pennyworth. I think here we see Bruce Wayne develop so well as as a character, uh, moving from you know previously a school kid to one which is much mature, mm-hmm. uh, really learning the skills uh, to become Batman. Absolutely loved him in this. Um, and of course, then on the the flip side of that, just the development of Hugo Strange and the reveal of Azrael and having Victor Freeze here, you know, we're really beginning to almost get a bit of a, obviously not a Suicide Squad, but it does feel like this grouping of of, of villains. And I suppose it is really apt for the wrath of the villains. So an absolutely, uh, I think, standout episode for me. I I think this is one of my favourites um, of the season. It's a really, really good episode. It's an interesting point you make also about about Hugo Strange. So he's had Barbara Keane who he who was crazy. He sent her out into the field. He's got Penguin who was uh, cured. He sent him out. He's now gone crazy and killed all his family. Um, and the step family that he had, he now has... Um, the Riddler, he now has Edward Nigma in Arkham Asylum. He's got Victor Freeze in Arkham Asylum. He's got all of these pieces. He's got Azrael. So, so much uh, here. Tools, I suppose, that Professor Strange can use on the city of Gotham as he sees fit, I suppose. Uh, really interesting. Yeah, great episode. Really, really enjoyed this one. Looking forward to episode 19, Azrael, to see a bit more of James Frain, hopefully next episode. Yeah, definitely. Can't wait to see uh, what havoc and bloodshed he um, brings to old Gotham Town. Right, with that, it's time to get on to our feedback. First up in feedback, we got some Twitter responses while we were uh, live tweeting over at Gotham TV Podcast. Uh, Claire Payne says, Barbara and Ed need to team up and become the ultimate crazy couple. <laughs> that would be awesome. That's a great, great idea. I saw them at the uh, at the Fox upfronts, their big announcement for uh, for season three of Gotham and and for the next season of what's going to be on uh, the channel Fox in the US. Uh, they really seem to have a lot of fun together. So I'm hoping they'll get lots of scenes together next season. Yep. Paul Jay goes on to say. Uh, Theo better watch himself lest Penguin catches up with him. Absolutely. It's something uh, I completely forgot to mention there. You know, I was talking about um, him meeting up with Tabitha, mm. Jim. Will he remember it? But will he remember the person that rammed a Penguin umbrella down his throat? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And uh, will, obviously, will Oswald remember him as well? So, uh he will, clearly, but uh, it's going to be really interesting to see the two yeah, of them meet up. absolutely. And according to Dawn, then we're in for an absolute real treat, as she says. These last episodes just keep getting better and better. It's going to be hard to top in season three. Mm. Well, we hope it certainly stays the same uh, as this season, because then I think season three will also be a really classic season of Gotham mm-hmm. and then to really uh, whet our appetite um, and, and pe- keep the hunger at bay short crust pie says I remember Michelle Gomez way back when in Green Wing and of course Missy and Doctor Who she's terrific most definitely yes. um, we absolutely love her here 
uh, in Gotham and also from Doctor Who. Never saw Green Wing, but I think certainly uh, we'll have to check that out. Yeah, it's she great. It's is great really, fun. really it's a, good. It's a comedy show that was on Channel 4, a really good, uh, really good fun comedy show. I really enjoyed her in that as well. Um, DC Movie Page uh, also says Jim Cracking Skulls was easily my favorite scene of the season. Uh, very good. Very good. One of my favorite scenes in this episode, definitely. Uh, but favorite scene of the season for DC Movie Page. Yeah, very good. Really good. Um, and then we also have some feedback by email. So you can send in, remember, of course, uh, you can send it in to feedback at gothamtvpodcast.com. Uh, you can either write it in or, of course, now you can leave us a voicemail, uh, which we can include into the podcast if you want to. John Milner sent in an email that says, I love your Gotham podcast. Thank you very much, John. That's really nice of you to say. Um, I wish you guys expanded more on when Gordon found out that Nygma was the one that framed him. I'm just surprised Gordon didn't suspect Nygma from the outset. Instead, he suspects it's a lobe loyalist because of his experience in Blackgate. Because Gordon only gave the file to Nygma, and he knows Nygma loves riddles, and he knows that the man who framed him for the murder was the same man at the station. But at what point, in your guy's opinion, did Gordon know that Nygma was responsible? Was it when he said, I know it was you, Ed? I'm assuming Gordon figured it was Ed because he knew the IA tip-off revealed details of the Galavan murder that only Penguin knew, and he knew that Ed was friends with Penguin. Thank you, John, for that. Absolutely. Um, this is really interesting about when he actually knew because there was that moment even before this where um, Ed actually thought he was getting suspicious of him with regards to Christine Kringle mm. asking those questions. So I wonder whether that fed in as well to Gordon's suspicion of Ed as maybe someone who not necessarily was a killer, but kept stuff away uh, and hid the truth. Uh, and that maybe that this increasingly then fed into uh, Jim's assessment of Ed Nigma. Um, I think definitely for me, yeah, um, the, the information from Penguin uh, to uh, Ed and him then revealing uh, that in the in the uh, phone call to the IA certainly must I think have really raised um, suspicion with Jim. Absolutely. I mean, he knew it was someone from the GCPD. Maybe he was saying a lobe loyalist to Ed Nigma just in order to really throw Ed off the track. Because in the end, Ed goes, "I knew you knew." You know, he, he, he says that I knew that you knew that you knew, you know, you knew about me. And yeah. so I definitely think that it was somewhere a bit further down the chain than we're led to believe in that uh, scene in Ed Nigma's apartment that maybe Jim knew. He may not have as well. It's difficult to pinpoint, but certainly I think maybe it's before Ed really kind of goes slightly off the rails in, in the kitchen. Yeah, I think I think that's the moment really for me is is when Ed is talking about not being a psychopath and what is a psychopath when he's saying, uh, Jim, aren't you one since you've killed people? Um, so it's not always in the line of duty. I think that's kind of the twist for, for Jim. Uh, one of the interesting elements of it is that's kind of the whole creation of Ed's character is that he's a murderer hiding hiding in plain sight um, that nobody would suspect of doing this. If you, if you take it away from us as the audience watching Nygma's progression, really he has been the quiet guy in the corner of the office, you know, who never had a girlfriend. Finally, he gets to go out with Christine Kringle. Oh, looky him. Uh, Jim's had him over for dinner in the past. Yes, he thinks he's a bit weird, but he's the quiet guy in the corner so that's fine um in the case of this of this episode i think what what ed's saying to him when he's saying i knew you knew that's more ed saying that he has been trying to push gordon away has been trying to send gordon to prison he's been trying to take down gordon because he thought that gordon knew much earlier than than this particular confrontation do you know what i mean yeah definitely i mean i i just think it's yeah, you, you could think that he suspected long before he confirmed it in his own mind. And you wonder whether Jim was laying some breadcrumbs for, for him to really see how Ed picked them up and, and maybe that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, it certainly is confirmed in the apartment. But again, did Jim go there because he was suspicious of him? So maybe the moment of confirmation is in the apartment, certainly. Mm-hmm. 
but I think he was getting increasingly suspicious of, of Ed Nigma and, and his motives, definitely. Absolutely. Thank you, John, for um, the, the, the feedback that we got. Uh, we're really glad you enjoy the podcast. Um, yeah. Again, anyone else who wants to send in feedback, please just send in to feedback at gothamtvpodcast.com. Just like uh, Natalie did. Thank you, Natalie, again for um, your feedback. Uh, wow, the mystery that kicked off Gotham is finally solved. All that's left is that a confirming confrontation scene. But that will have to wait until the finale, won't it? Mm. Question mark. Absolutely, will it, won't it? I can't wait to find out, to be honest. Um, certainly, it looks like it's all solved. Derek hopes that it's all solved. Mm-hmm. But uh, is it truly? Will it ever be truly solved? Is it that Strange put out a hit on Thomas Wayne because he was going to shut down his uh, Chimera project and and program, but ultimately maybe someone else got there first? Who knows? All very interesting. Mm-hmm. But um, I certainly, Natalie, completely agree with you and loved the uh, coming together of Jim and Bruce as they, as you say, sleuth the Wayne murders. Jim's working backwards from the Hitman Matches Malone, says Natalie, uh, while Bruce is looking at the files on his father's computer, or rather Thomas's calendar, which had the simple password Bruce. Scoff at its obviousness, but that computer was already secure in the caves beneath Wayne Manor behind a locked steel door and a secret stairwell. If that's not a firewall, um, then nothing is. Absolutely <laughs> agree. She goes on to say the lines of inquiry converge on one person nicknamed the philosopher who ordered the hit and also ran the secret bioengineering program codenamed Pinewood Farms. That program rebuilt inmate Karen Jennings' crippled arm into a hand with large talons and sounds a bit like Marvel's infamous Weapon X program. Absolutely. We've had some other um, people on our Facebook group that you can go over and join at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Gotham TV podcast, who also mentioned that similarity of uh, the Weapon X program to the Indian Hill. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's a really good point, a really nice uh, comparison there uh, between Marvel's uh, Weapon X program and now DC's Indian Hill and Pinewood Farms programs with Wayne Enterprises. Um, it's a nice touch to give Karen some echoes of Wolverine's situation, the claws, the isolation, without being an obvious rip-off. It will surprise no one that Hugo Strange bears that nickname of philosopher given that the other experiments we've seen have been dark and twisted bioengineering which sometimes haven't worked absolutely i really like uh, the comparison you or uh, the echoes that you mention uh, with wolverine's situation uh to uh, karen so that's really really a nice little point there thanks natalie absolutely thanks for that natalie I see Natalie is also with me saying uh, I'm scratching my head over the choice of cricket given the wild popularity of its American-born cousins baseball and softball. Polo is the better-known high-society team sport over here, but I googled it and there are cricket leagues in the US. Uh, so there are there are some, but again, not a hugely um, popular sport, I suppose, in the US. And finally, just on Mr. Freeze, Natalie says, I'm not a fan of the helmetless version of Mr. Freeze's suit. If anything above freezing would kill him, wouldn't he be feeling uneasy without an insulated glass helmet to seal in the cold? And the helmet would be better than neither Jim nor Alfred making the easy kill shot to Victor's unprotected head. At the same time, I recognize the difficulty in filming an actor through full helmets with protective glass. Um... Yeah, I know what you mean. I do like the actual suit itself. I think the suit's really cool. But yeah, it did strike me as a bit odd um, how they can keep the temperature below zero uh, around Mr. Freeze, as or Nathan Darrow, I suppose, uh, the actor that plays Mr. Freeze, um, how they would keep the temperature that low. Aircon. <laughs> pushing the air up around his head all the time. I presume that's why his hair is really white then. It's just iced. Yeah, it's 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 high powered air conditioning. I must say, I I, I agree with Natalie um, here definitely. Um, it would be nice to have the helmet, um, and I, I agree on on the kill shot. It again, it's um, a strange thing that keep hitting the minuscule amounts of metal on on the suit. But I do like the suit. Um, certainly, I just wonder whether it's just high vents being 
pushing icier towards his face. Um, I do remember being in a bar in Baltimore um, and uh, the aircon dragging uh, smoke from from some of the smokers at the bar vertically up. It was that powerful. <laughs> um, we all wondered whether we were going to um, sort of be sucked up onto the ceiling. Uh, but uh, yeah, really like the suit, but I, I, I know what you mean. It's interesting take on the suit, not having the, the glass helmet there. Absolutely, absolutely. And our final piece of feedback comes in from Claire Payne, who says, Hi, Gotham TV Podcast. Season two has been fantastic from the start. When Gotham gives us an episode like Pinewood, it confirms me as a Gotham fan. The one thing I've always really liked about Gotham is how different characters interact and team up. I'm really enjoying Jim being outside the GCPD and taking on the responsibility of solving the Wayne's murders. Jim staying with Harvey keeps the partnership in place. Harvey has a whammy drawer, so why wouldn't you want to stay with him? Definitely, yeah. It's a really good um, team-up in this uh, episode. Obviously, there's classic Alfred and Bruce. Then there's Alfred, Bruce, Lucius, and um, Jim. Mm -hmm. And then, obviously, there's Harvey in the mix as well, back at the GCPD. Like, a fantastic team-up. Working all together, working on their own, working in pairs, all really just mixing it up, which is really cool. Absolutely. Great ideas. Claire goes on to say, Barbara showing up and offering to help Jim was a good turn of events, especially as she knew of the lady. Uh, I was starting to wonder what is next for Barbara. Her plan in the club with the lady was really good, and she got the information about the philosopher. The philosopher being revealed as Professor Hugo Strange was a great reveal. His friendship with Thomas Wayne widened the intrigue of why the Waynes had to be killed. Great to see Mr. Fox and the never-ending encryption of Bruce's father's computer. Finding Karen Jennings in the computer diary was an introduction to a great guest star. Her reptilian hand was really good and a believable backstory in how she ended up at Pinewood. Sad as it was for Karen to be killed, bringing Mr. Freeze back and to road test his suit was a great moment. The slow motion of the ice bomb exploding and Jim, Bruce and Alfred lowering themselves to the ground was beautifully filmed. Completely agree. Um, I absolutely loved the ice bomb exploding and just the pained expression on Bruce's uh, face was like an awesome moment. It was a really great moment. I agree. I think uh, Karen Jennings as well as a guest star uh, in this episode is really, really good. Um, yeah, it's a shame she's killed, but it was fantastic for this story. Um, and I think as well, as you say, uh, it brought back one of my favourite characters as well of this season, which is Mr. Freeze. Definitely, completely uh, agree with your points there, oh, yeah. uh, Claire. And Claire uh, also agrees with you on the reptilian hand as well, John. So less like a chicken fingers and more like a reptilian hand. As I hand. say, <laughs> it, it points the way to um, a killer croc or proto-killer croc, definitely, mm -hmm. yeah, which would be awesome. Absolutely. And given the way it's going as well with Gotham Season 2, uh, you can now imagine that happening. Mm -hmm. So, fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Claire goes on to say, uh, when Alfred and Bruce arrived at Karen's Lodge, I really liked how Alfred was annoyed that Bruce had learned to, how to pick a lock. Uh, the suspense of who was inside and how Karen cut Alfred has me convinced even more that Alfred needs to stay at Wayne Manor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, David Mazus is exceptional as a young and quickly grown Bruce Wayne. He balances the emotional levels of Bruce brilliantly. I really want David to wear the cape and mask in the future. Yeah, it's something we haven't really talked about much since season one. Uh, there, uh, the intention of the show apparently is never to show David Mazus dressed up in the cape and cowl uh, like they did in Smallville with uh, the Clark Kent character right at the end finally putting on the Superman cape and then going off to have his big adventures and um, we might get to see something like that at the end but i don't know whether we're going to get a season of uh david in the cape and cowl yeah i i don't think we will either but um certainly i think i am totally with you as well um on this uh i thought david mazus was absolutely brilliant mm -hmm. in in this episode um i just think his whole delivery of bruce wayne growing up being independent but yet still having to rely and be dependent on other people um like alfred i think is absolutely being sort of balanced and pitched so well by david mazus mm -hmm. I, I thought he was absolute standout in this um, and again just even on just a regular basis his um his work and his relationship uh, on screen with uh, Sean Pertwee as Alfred, I think is just, it, it, it's really familiar. It feels right and it's great. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Couldn't agree more. Uh, finally, 
Claire says, Patient 44 and being ex-Mayor Galavan now turned Azrael was a great ending to the episode. I'm not a DC expert, so I will look forward to hearing your views on the character and his origin. I really liked how, how Hugo was excited at the speed of Theo had come back to life and equally enjoyed Miss Peabody looking just as pleased that they had managed to bring someone back. I love her slightly evil grin. <laughs> uh, yeah, totally agree. Uh, yeah, we mentioned at the outset of the show, Azrael is a character from the comic books. Um, the creation of him is obviously slightly different. We don't have the connection with Galavan uh, in the comic books, but uh, but yeah, really enjoying how they're creating the character for the TV show and really intrigued to how they're going to use him in, uh, in the upcoming episodes, definitely. Claire says Gotham has, has become a mystery with where it's heading. I really like that and I find myself avoiding spoilers as much as I can. Uh, thanks so much for that, Claire. Really good to hear from you again on your thoughts of the episode. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Claire, so much for, for your thoughts and discussion. Really, really good. So as always, thanks very much for your feedback. If you want to send us in feedback, you can email it to feedback at gothamtvpodcast.com or as we mentioned at the top of the show, you can also send us a voicemail now by going to our website at gothamtvpodcast.com clicking the old send us some feedback button uh, and recording your uh, your thoughts about the next four episodes of Gotham. Uh, thanks so much for joining us. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast over on iTunes if you're an iTunes user by going to gothamtvpodcast.com slash iTunes or subscribing to us in any other good podcast catcher if you're not an iTunes user just by searching for Gotham TV Podcast uh, wherever all good and evil podcasts are kept. Absolutely. Again, thank you so much for listening. And um, thank you for all the feedback uh, and thoughts that have come in through Twitter, through Facebook uh, and through email. It's so uh, appreciated. And uh, remember, feedback at uh, Gotham TV podcast to, to send in thoughts by email at Gotham TV podcast on Twitter. And of course, our Facebook group where you can go and join just go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Gotham TV podcast. Absolutely. We're only about three, four weeks away from uh, from going over to the UK to Blackpool to go and meet Robin Lord Taylor, Andrew Powell and Cameron B. Kandova. Really looking forward to that as well. Absolutely. Uh, can't wait for that. That'll be so cool. I think it pretty much coincides with the season finale of Gotham as well. So that's quite interesting. We, yeah. uh, we could be watching the season finale after meeting the uh, the three of our three of our favorite actors from Gotham. Yeah. Absolutely can't wait for that. Looking forward to that one. But we'll be back again next week, as I mentioned, with episode 19 of season two, Azrael. Looking forward to that one. Thanks so much for joining us. Yep, I will speak with you next time. Bye. Thanks for being a Butch supporter. Butch loves you, baby.